Ready to get in the Word? Hallelujah. We're continuing our series in Awakening. We've been looking at the heavens and just different aspects of that, the, um, this atmosphere of heaven invading the earth. And um, I just want to start by just sharing a few things that happen when the heavens are open. And I touched this principle last week about open heavens and closed heavens. And we saw from the book of Deuteronomy that when we do what's right, the heavens are open. And when we don't live in obedience to God, it said that the heavens are brass. And we are called to live under an open heaven. I, I want to start just by showing you four things that happen when the heavens are open. First one is this. It's in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, and that is visions. It says this, Now it came about in the 30th year on the fifth day of the fourth month, while I was by the river Chebar among the exiles, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. If the heavens are open, you will see visions. Let me ask you a question. Who wants to hear the voice of God? Come on, all over this room. Who, who knows God is a God who speaks? He's a God that reveals mysteries. He is a God that gives visions and he gives dreams. In fact, he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will dream dreams and your old men see visions. And he is the God that when the heavens are open, he speaks into those situations. You may be in a season where you're saying, I just need to hear the voice of God. I want to tell you that if you can get an open heaven, you will have access to his voice. Ezekiel receives visions uh, from the presence of the Lord. The second thing that happens when the heavens are open is the Holy Spirit is poured out. Matthew 3.16, Jesus, after being baptized, came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. When the heavens are open, the Spirit is poured out. Let me ask you another question. Who wants more of the Holy Spirit in their lives? All over this room. How do we get more Holy Spirit? Open heavens. Third thing that happens when the heavens are open is angelic activity. It says this in John 1.51. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We've been talking about angels being ministering spirits sent to help us. But if we're to see angels being released on the earth, there is something that needs to take place, which is an open heaven. Now, I want you to put this all together in line with the teaching I've been giving you on the heavens. This second heaven and third heaven. When there is an opening, there is access to his voice, access to his spirit, access to the angelic realm. Fourth thing that happens is supernatural provision. Let me ask you a question. Who wants supernatural provision? Everyone said amen to that one. Malachi 3 verse 10 says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Okay, you catching what I'm teaching you? When the heavens are open, there is access to everything that heaven has for you. I believe if you can walk under an open heaven, you can walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Now, I taught you last time that a key to this is walking in obedience. If you know that God loves you, why would you ever doubt a directive from God? If you truly grasp this concept that you are loved by God, then you don't ever need to doubt whether he has your best interests at heart when he commands you to do what he's calling you to do in your life. Obedience from someone you love is easy. 
You don't need to doubt. You don't need to fear. But there is something that is released when you walk in those ways. We look at revival. If we look at the revival that took place in Wales, where miners came to Christ. If we look at the revival that took place in Hebrides, where literally a whole community was shaken by the power of God. If we look at the revival that took place in Argentina where one woman banged her hand upon a table and literally the heavens broke open. That was their words. And the Spirit of God came down like they'd never experienced. If we look at the revival that took place at Brownsville on Father's Day that lasted for many years with millions coming into the church or the revival at Toronto, I believe that there is a key characteristic of every move of God. And it's an open heaven. If we can see something change in the heavens, then we can see something take place on the earth. You see, our battle is not a battle in this earthly realm. Our battle is a spiritual battle. If revival was all about a plan and uh, a strategy on the earth, then I tell you, every church would be experiencing revival. There will be seminars on how to get revival. Revival cannot be a program. Revival cannot be something we orchestrate. We don't decide, right, we're going to have revival next week. Why? Because it's not an earthly thing. Revival is a heavenly thing. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? And so the key is not what we do on the earth. The key is what takes place in the heavens. Now, I don't know about you, but I am pursuing revival. I don't want just normal church. I don't want to just tickle your ears on a Sunday morning. I I want revival. I want God to show up so powerfully that half the people in the church run for the door and the other half run for the altar. That's the kind of revival I'm looking for. I'm looking for the kind of revival where people hit the floor into the power of God, but they get up with completely changed lives. I'm looking for the kind of revival where people leave the church and they spend just as much time in the presence of God on Monday when they're not in church as what they do on Sunday when they're in church. I'm looking for the kind of revival that doesn't just affect your Sunday mornings, but it affects what you watch on TV. It affects what you say to your people at work. I'm looking for a revival that transforms lives. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? And so why did God visit these places? Why did the heavens open in these places? Can I tell you, it's never about the building, but it's about people who know how to host the Holy Spirit. Two Chronicles 16 verse 9 says this, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. I I want you just to grasp this concept just for a moment. The eyes of the Lord are in this place. The eyes of the Lord are on your life. I I I wonder if we'd walk a little bit different if we have this whole concept that God is watching us. I wonder if we do some of the things we do, if we knew that everything we do, God is there watching. Don't know about you, but it kind of scares me, this concept that I have a stalker. His name is God. He's watching my every move. And he's looking for people that he can show up for. He's looking for people that he can move on behalf. Can I tell you, God is looking at this place and he's going, I want to move in this church. The, the issue is never God. Come on, are you hearing me? The issue is never God. The issue is that there is something in the heavens that has to shift. And the only way that will shift is if we as a community begin to do what is required of us in order to see a shift in the heavens. Yeah, I'm preaching better than you're helping me. I feel resistance in the air this morning. 
Can I tell you, there was a time when I was early on in my pastoral ministry where I used to hate mornings like this, where in my spirit I'd be like, man, I just can't get a breakthrough. I'd feel in worship, just be like, oh, just nothing shifting. I'd get up and preach and it's like, oh, banging my head against the brick wall. And over the years, I've begun to discover that these are the kind of Sundays which it's all about. Why? Because it's not about, oh, a good time in the presence of God. It's about something being beaten in the realm of the Spirit. Ah. Everyone say, open hearts. Open heaven. Open hearts. Open heaven. Is there resistance in your heart to the Spirit? Because I tell you, if you can get your heart open, you can get the heavens open. When Israel came together, they didn't camp around a sermon. They camped around the presence of God. When Israel joined, it was not, okay, Moses, I'm going to preach my sermon for you. It's Sunday morning. No, what did they do? They camped around the presence of God. Can I tell you, church is not about a sermon. As much as I love preaching, I, I actually think that my main gifting is not as a preacher. My main gifting is as someone who can bring the presence of God. And can I tell you that I'm not someone who's just obsessed with prayer. I just love Jesus. I just want his presence. That's who I am, you know. Uh, Revival is something that takes place inside of your heart. You know, there's got to be something hungry inside of you. That begins to say, I want the Lord to look at me. I want the eyes of the Lord to land on me. And the Lord say, yeah, this is someone who's getting serious with God. This is someone who wants to do business with me. Can I tell you, if that happens, if you camp out at the presence of God, then all things are possible. I'm encouraged by the season of prayer that we're in as a church. Every single move of God has started as believers began to pray. And using modern technology, it's a very unconventional way of hosting prayer meetings. But we're creating a culture of more prayer. Everyone say more prayer, more power. Little prayer, little power. And so I know that God is about to do things. Why? Because the more the prayer goes up, the more the power comes down. And we need to learn to live out of presence and not just principles. Holy Spirit breathes into us. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's omnipresent. But we're not pursuing the omnipresence we're pursuing the on-me presence. We don't want him just everywhere. We want him to, uh, us to experience his power on us. Intimacy, relationship with the Holy Spirit. We don't want to just know him in our head, but we want to experience the reality of knowing him as our friend. This is what an open heaven is. A direct relationship between me and God. No barriers. Just intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. If you say, I, I, I need to know the Holy Spirit better than I know him right now. Give me a wave. Yeah, all over this place. Holy Spirit, let me say it this way. Jesus said, it's better for me to go. How, how is that better? How, Jesus, it's far better you stay because we want to be friends with you. He said, no, it's better for me to go. Why? Because if I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. I want, I want you to just dwell on that. 
You are made up of body, soul, and spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. I can give you a scripture for it. But that spirit is not limited just to one place. Now the Holy Spirit can be poured out on all flesh. That means that you can walk with Jesus. How? By walking with the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells inside of you. What is that? It's the spirit of Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. And God wants you to have an intimate relationship with his Holy Spirit. He wants, the Holy Spirit is a person. What do I mean by that? Yes, he's God, but he has a personality. He has feelings. It means that, that he can be upset and he can be happy. He can, he, 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 he can relate, he can connect, that he can speak and he can be grieved. Wow. And here he is, he, he's walking with you, I wonder... Uh, if, if you've ever experienced this, okay, I'm, I, I, I like to be a real pastor. And can I be honest, there are times that me and Mama pastor have a little disagreement. And I might walk ahead. And she's like walking behind me. And I'm stomping off. I'm, uh, anyone ever been there? Thank you, don't expose your pastor and leave me hanging, okay? And we're together, but we're not Together, who knows what I'm talking about? Too often, I believe this is our relationship with the Holy Spirit, is that we are together, but we're not together. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be left behind as you are walking. Actually, the Holy Spirit wants you to walk hand in hand. That's how Mama Pastor always likes to walk. The Holy Spirit wants you to have a relationship with Him where you walk with Him, where you talk with Him, where, where, where you have an intimate relationship with Him. Can, can, can I give you a real basic to this? Is sometimes you just need to ask Him a question. Some of you, you're facing things and you just need to start saying, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Holy Spirit, what's your thoughts on this? And then don't be surprised if something suddenly happens where you end up in a conversation and an answer comes back. Who is that? That's Holy Spirit. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. There is a friend who is closer than a brother. Who is he? Holy Spirit. He wants when you wake up in the morning that you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. He wants when you go to sleep that you say, good night, Holy Spirit. Oh. Most of you know my story, but I was saved out of a background of drugs and alcohol. And um, I, I got completely saved. It revolutionized my life. And two little old ladies prayed for me, and I began to sing in tongues. And no one ever showed me in the Bible. I'd never even heard anyone speak in tongues. And I figured if God had given me this gift, he'd given me it for a reason. And so what I would do is every morning I'd wake up and I began to speak in tongues. Used to walk up and down. And I used to just enjoy it. It was just like, it felt good. And then in my lunch hour, I'd walk around the park near my work and I'd speak in tongues. And, and then when I'm driving home, I'd be in my car speaking in tongues. I used to love it when people drive past you and they, they think you must be rocking out, but I'm sure And I'll never forget, I've been doing this for probably two months or something like that. And I was speaking in tongues and, and, and I got on my knees in my bedroom and all of a sudden it was like the atmosphere changed. I'd never experienced the presence of God up to that point. But it was like as I'd begin to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit that my spiritual senses began to change. And all of a sudden, I became aware that the Holy Spirit was in the room. It was like a warmth. It was like a peace. It was like everything that I've been longing for. It was like, whoa. It was intimacy with God himself. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. And I began to just long for those times of being in his presence. And the more I spent time with him, the more real his presence became to me. 
I began playing bass guitar in the worship team. And the best thing they ever did for me was they gave me the worship folder with all the songs in it. And I used to go home and I'd lay on my bed and I'd sing those songs. And I remember times where the presence of God would be so strong that literally my face and my hands would tingle. It was like, um, like pins and needles, but nice pins and needles all over my face and my hands. Well, it's the glory of God came down into my bedroom. What was that? That was relationship with the Holy Spirit. People want an anointing. They say, well, pastor, lay hands on my head that I can get anointed. Can I tell you, you will not get an anointing just by a man laying hands on you. I'm really sorry. I believe in transference, but the way you get a relationship with the Holy Ghost is not through some man slapping his hand on your head. The way you get a relationship with the Holy Ghost is by spending time with Him. Oh. So, how can we host Him well? Can I tell you, He loves to be welcomed. He loves to be hosted. In fact, when we fix our attention on him, he becomes a magnet to fill the atmosphere. I love preaching about the Holy Spirit because when I preach about the Holy Spirit, it's like he just wants to come and hear what's being said. In fact, I've discovered that what you preach about is what you create in the atmosphere. So I love talking about uh, the presence and the power and the glory and angelic. Why? Because I want those things to manifest in our midst. Ah, But my aim is not that you are drinking from everyone else's well, but that you learn to dig your own well. You know, I, in that season, I began to find that my most powerful times with the Holy Spirit were not in church, but they were at home on my own. I went off to Bible college and I was in revival. I began to fast three days on, three days off. I did this for, for 18 months, nearly two years. Three days on, three days off, I fasted. Cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I remember one meeting, it was like there was a bubble all around me. It's like I could feel the power and presence of God just, just surrounding me. What was that? It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Told you before, but I had an anointed dog in that season. I'd be out praying with my dog. I'd be walking the dog, and it was like if the dog got too close to me, he'd go, whoo! You can sense the anointing. I have no scripture to prove that, okay? <laughs> but while walking with the Holy Ghost, can I tell you more important than your ministry is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. More important than your church attendance, more important than anything is your relationship to the Holy Ghost. Do you know him? He, Jesus said on that day, I will say to them, away from me, I never knew you. How, how are we going to be known by God for a relationship with the Holy Spirit? I, I, I want you to be known by God and I want you to know him. Can I tell you when you spend time with the Holy Spirit, you begin to feel his heartbeat. You begin to feel what he likes, what he doesn't like. And you gain a sensitivity to a relationship with God. Can I tell you that the dove, the Holy Spirit wants to land on you. That dove wants to rest on you. That dove wants to become so close to you. But we need to host him. So how? How do we host the Holy Spirit? Well, I want to show you 10 things. I'll go quickly. Don't worry. The first way is through unity. God commands his blessing on unity. Jonathan Edwards, the revivalist, said this. He says, if you want to see revival, there must be visible unity and extraordinary prayer. Visible unity and extraordinary prayer. Let me put it this way. 
We need to be very careful. Because that person who you hate so much, that person who you just can't stand, that person who you really struggle with, could be a friend of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't tend to like people very much that don't like my friends. You got me. And so Holy Spirit loves unity. I don't know about you, but actually, I, I feel the same. There's one thing I don't like is disunity. In fact, if I was in a room where everyone is arguing, everyone is bickering, everyone's got a problem with each other, who knows, that is a room that I don't want to stay in very long. Can anyone relate? I'm like, just get me out of it. In fact, can I tell you, I don't like being in rooms that are negative. In fact, I'm, I'm like allergic to negativity. <laughs> Brings me out in hives and everything. Can't stand it. I can't stand just, oh, everything's bad. Talking about this person, talking about that person. I don't want to be in that kind of atmosphere. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit feels the same. It's not an atmosphere he wants to stay in. But there is an atmosphere that he just, he's like, whoa, let me in this room. An atmosphere of love, an atmosphere of affection, an atmosphere where we say we're gathered together as one community, as one body, that we're here to serve one another. We're here to love one another. Guess what? The Holy Spirit's like, let me in that room. Come on, are you hearing me? What does visible unity look like? I believe it looks like love. It looks like doing life together. It looks like having a relationship. I want to encourage you, if you're not in a hub, then get in a hub. If you saw the things I've seen just in all of the hubs, of the feedback we had from this last week of hubs, people going, wow, it was brilliant, it was this, it was that. It just shows me that people want relationship. And if you're looking for community, you're looking for unity, find your local hub. Get connected. Don't live in isolation. But when we're together, that's when the Holy Spirit will draw near to you. Some people say to me, they say, well, I love God, but I don't like church. So can I tell you that you can't love the head and not love the body? Let me leave it there. Second point, you've got to walk carefully. Walk carefully. Galatians 5.16 says, walk by the Spirit and you won't gratify the lust of the flesh. Verse 25, it says this, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Ephesians 4.17 says, don't walk as the Gentiles do. No longer as the rest of Gentiles walk in the futility of, of their mind. Uh, I want to ask you, are you walking carefully with the Holy Spirit? Do you walk with him in mind? Do you walk aware of the dove? You know, if we had a little dove on our shoulder, we'd say, wow, pastor's got a dove on his shoulder. And I'd be like, trying to walk so the dove doesn't fly off. Can I tell you, this is how we should walk with the Holy Spirit. Not that he's so sensitive that he just flies off at any moment. That's not how it is. But I walk aware of the dove in my life. I walk aware of the Holy Spirit in my life. And can I tell you, that's a daily thing. Not a Sunday thing. I want something to shift in you where you walk on Monday the same as you walk on Sunday. You know, I've discovered many Christians that know how to compartmentalize. They are amazing Christians on a Sunday. But on Monday, whoo, what happened? Come on, are you hearing me? But our walk has to be a walk. Can I tell you respectfully that spiritually some of you have been sitting on your bum for too long? You need to walk. You need to get up and walk again. Spend time with him again. You need to walk sensitively. Walk in his ways and not gratify the lusts of the flesh. Next scripture. Verse 25, Ephesians. It says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. 
For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that, me, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. If we walk in the Spirit, it will hold this tongue to account. Let's go on to the next one. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. Next one. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Next one. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. The Lord's will for us is that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. But it becomes as we walk with the Spirit. Walking in the anointing. Let me put it this way as our third point. A key to hosting the Holy Spirit is repentance. Sorry if this is not... A happy, clappy moment in the sermon. But can I tell you, it's a biblical point. You know, I made a discovery this week. It was like revelation to me. That some of the loudest voices for tolerance in this nation are the most intolerant people. Come on, let that just... I don't know if you've seen some of the news with Billy Graham. Um, Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham. He's coming to the UK to uh, preach and to fill stadiums. They had stadiums booked, but they've actually banned him from preaching in various stadiums because of his views on homosexuality. Can I tell you that as a nation that cries for tolerance, that tolerance is only accepted if it fits with the same view that they have. But I believe that there is a key to revival, there is a key to us walking under open heaven, and that key is repentance. The surrendered life, total consecration. Acts 3, verse 19, it says this it says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, and so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I have a principle in my life, which is this, that I want to walk with a short account with God. What do I mean by that? I want to live in a way where I keep short accounts, where when I mess up, I'm quick to say, God, would you forgive me? I don't wait all week to get in the presence of God and then think, oh man, I messed up here, I messed up there. Oh God, forgive me for this, forgive me for that. No, I want to live a lifestyle of repentance. I'm not a perfect person. In fact, if you're perfect, give me a wave. Anyone perfect? Anyone perfect? Mama pastor's waving. She definitely is not perfect. Okay, I'm just putting that out there. But the reality is there's not a single person in this room who is perfect. All sin, all fall short of the glory of God. And God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for people whose hearts say, God, I know I mess up, but God, would you forgive me? Wash me, I acknowledge what I'm doing. And when we live with a short account, we're trying to live our best life. But we're also acknowledging when we fail and saying, God, I need your mercy. Can I tell you, this is what attracts the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is not attracted to arrogance that says, well, I don't care. This is how I live. Well, I just live this way. He's not attracted to that. He's not attracted to us justifying our actions and saying, well, the Bible is just 
out of touch. I can live any way I want. He's not attracted to that. What he's attracted to is humility. He's attracted to believers who are like, I know that I mess up. And I know that it's only because of the blood of Jesus that I can have a relationship with you. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Wash me again in your blood. Cover my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. This is what brings the presence of God. Joel 2 says this, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You, you know the verse. And then he says this in the next, next verse. He says, Turn to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. But then he says, but here's the condition, repentance. You all know the scripture. He says, if you call upon my name, if you will humble myself and pray and seek my face, and what? Turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will hear the land. Can I tell you, I don't believe there is any move that does not start with repentance. It does not start with us getting the sin out of our lives and saying, yeah, I know I've been a mess. I know I'm broken, but I need your mercy. This is how we host the Holy Spirit. Number four, when you set your mind and affections upon him. The Bible tells us this, it says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind and your soul. When we love him with everything inside of us, can I tell you, it's not enough just to love God with our bodies by showing up on a Sunday. God wants you to love him with everything inside of you. And so we love him when we focus our minds. I want to ask you the question, what does your mind and heart focus on? During your days. On a Monday, what, where does your mind go? What do you think about? I jot a few options down. For some, sex. Is that what you think about? Food. Maybe some more can relate. Everyone's being really quiet. They're like, don't look at pasta right now. Money. Football. But your mind thinks about this. Your mind thinks about that. But here's what Colossians chapter 3 says. It says, set your mind on things above. Maybe your mind thinks about how people treat you. Maybe your mind thinks about your insecurities. What is your focus? Philippians 4 puts it this way. It says, Finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The Holy Spirit is attracted to your thoughts as much as he is your actions. Ah. You have a choice what comes into the gate of your mind. You have a choice what you allow. You know, I would say you're not to blame for your first thought, but you are to blame for what you do after that thought. Do you allow it to come in? Do you allow it to become something you ponder upon? Or do you choose to reject it at the gate and say, no, you are not allowed access to my head? Corinthians 4.18 says this. It says, do not look at things which are seen, but... The things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Set your mind on unseen things. I believe that right thinking will produce right speaking, which will produce right actions. But where does it start? Right here in your mind. What are you thinking about? Your temptation starts right here. Um, Dave Campbell, my boss, he, he's going to be with us in a couple of weeks' time. But he often jokes, he says, some Christians uh, aren't sinning as much as they could, but it's not because of temptation, it's because of a lack of opportunity. <laughs> Your mind desiring sin. Come on, some of you are catching that. But we've got to set our minds on the things of heaven. 
It's how we host the Holy Spirit. Fifth way, we host the Holy Spirit. I'll go quicker. Hold on. Prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. We've got to be a praying community. We've got to be a community that seeks his face. I tell you, God will do nothing unless we pray. Number six, not just praying, but praying and singing in tongues. Praying and singing in tongues. I believe that there is power in praying in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, then I want to tell you that God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit this morning. He wants to baptize you in power. He says, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. That power is available for you today. Reboot your mind. Pray in the Spirit. Paul said, I pray more than all of you. That means he prayed in the Holy Ghost a lot. I love praying in the Holy Ghost. I love it. Whenever I'm driving my car, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I wake up on a Sunday morning before service. I walk up and down my, my dining room praying in the Holy Ghost. That's me. I, I, I pray in the Holy Ghost around Tesco's. Told you before. Someone looks at me strange. I turn to Keisha. You don't know where I'm from. But I'm stirring myself up. I'm cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Charging my spirit. Giving energy to my spirit. This is how we walk with the Holy Ghost. This is how we walk with Him. Hearing Him. Sensing Him. Praying in the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit in all things. Number seven. How you host the Holy Spirit is by positional faith decrees. What do I mean by that? I mean there is power in your words. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says that we have been seated together in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. When you know your position in Christ, you can declare from that position what you want to see happen in the earth. If you get in tune with the Spirit, then you'll begin to let the Spirit lead what comes out of your mouth. Some of you need to call some things that aren't as though they are. You need to start declaring some things to pass. Maybe you need to speak over your children. Maybe you need to speak over your marriages. Maybe you need to speak over your jobs. But let your faith come from a position where you know who you are in Christ and that the anointing can carry upon that power. You know, I believe there are angels surrounding you that are waiting for you to open your mouth. In the beginning, we heard it last week, but God spoke and the world was created. There is power in your words as a creative force on the earth. And God is looking for some of you to spend time that, 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 that you've cultivated relationship so that your words are not empty but your words are carrying the anointing and the power. And that when you decree, things begin to take place. Uh, I could spend all day there. Number eight, how we host the Holy Spirit is praise and worship. Psalm 22 verse 3 says this, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. You know, if we were to invite Jesus to come into the room we'd invite him to come and we'd want to have a special seat for him when we have our dignitaries we're like yeah we're going to reserve a seat for you and the bible teaches us here that Jesus's seat is built by praise what does enthrone mean it means to build a throne it's it's like we are creating a throne for him to rest in and he says I'm enthroned in the praises of Israel. When we praise and we worship, we're creating somewhere where he can come and sit and dwell. Come on, are you hearing me? I remember one time we were out, must have been some kind of holiday, and um, we, we climbed a hill, and Gracie Beth was with me, and we got to the top of this hill, and she stood at the top of the hill, and she said these words. She said, I can see the world. Now, who knows reality was, she probably couldn't. She could probably see about half a kilometer. But her view had changed based on the height in which she'd traveled. 
Can I tell you that worship has the ability to change your perspective? That God will never change who he is, but when we worship, we change our view of who he is. You know, we often sing, be lifted high. It's quite popular in, in worship culture. We're going to lift high the name of Jesus. We're going to lift him high, be lifted higher. Can I tell you, you can't lift God any higher than what he is. But often he needs to be lifted higher in our lives. We lift him higher in us. I'm not saying we shouldn't sing that. I'm saying we need to sing it with the right perspective that we are exalting him in our lives, exalting him in our eyes. There is a hill you are meant to ascend. It's the hill of the Lord. How do you ascend it? Praise and worship. You climb that hill and we go higher. And as we go higher, we get a fresh perspective on the world in which we see. Number nine. Hunger and desire. I said it before, but hunger is the currency of heaven. If you're not hungry, stop eating junk. And allow some room for the Holy Spirit and you will get hungry. Stop filling yourself up with TV and all the other stuff. It's like, and you wonder why when you come to church, you're not in it. You're so entertainment out that there's no sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You're so full on the world's pleasures that there's no room for the Holy Spirit. Deny yourself. And I tell you, when you come, there'll be fresh hunger. Exodus 20 verse 5 says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Can I tell you, God is jealous for your time. He is hungry for your time. He wants you more than you want him. Bill Johnson says this, he says, God will give you the measure of, of his presence that you are willing to jealously guard. Let me put it this way. You have as much of the Holy Spirit in your life right now that you have allowed. If you want more, then you have to pursue more. Not many of you have heard this story, but I was in a time in my life where I was so hungry. I was so desperate for the Holy Spirit. I was literally crying out every moment I had, morning, lunchtime, evenings. I'd walk up and down my bedroom crying out for God. And, and I'd been to worship practice and I was praying. I was on my way back in my car and I was saying, God, I'm so hungry for you. I'm desperate for you. I need you more. I need more of you. God, come and touch me. God, give me an encounter with you. And I was crying out to the Holy Ghost. Anyone ever been there? If not, I pray that you'd be there. I pray you'd be there right now, today, that you'd leave this place not going, oh, it's a nice time at church, but you'd leave this place dissatisfied. Too many churches want you to come and leave and say, well, I had my, my little God fixed. No, my prayer is that you'd leave this place frustrated. That something inside of you would be like, I need more of God. Can we go back later? Can we do it again? Well, something supernatural inside of you that's longing for more. And I was left that meeting. I was crying out in my car and I, I, I walked in the doors of my living room. And it was at a time when it was tape recorders. So you know how long ago it was. And, and I must have left a tape on pause. I don't remember doing it. But as soon as I walked in the living room, it just came off pause. I believe an angel just took it off pause. And it just began to play a song. And the song was this. It was, I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more than ever before. I need you more. I need you, Lord. More than the air I breathe. More than the song I sing. More than the next heartbeat. More than anything, and Lord, as time goes by, I'll be by your side. Because I never want to go back 
to my old life. I need you more. And I heard the Lord in that moment. As that song began to pray out, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and he said, John, I need you more. I need you more. Here I am, I'm going, God, I need you more. And and the Lord's reply to me is, John, I need you more. I need more of you. Come away with me. I need you to come and spend time with me. I long for you. Why? Because I'm a jealous God. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? Let me give you point 10. You want to host the Holy Spirit well, you've got to remind yourself of past encounters. Job 29 says this. It says, oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. Just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were around me, when my steps were bathed with cream, and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. I want you to hear, worship team, if you come. I want to hear you to hear the heart of the Holy Spirit this morning. He's saying, I want you to remember your first love. I want you to remember those times where you just wanted to be with Jesus. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but if you've ever walked closer to the Lord than what you're walking right now, then this is the message for you. Come away with me. And maybe you're here and you're just hungry for more. The message is still the same. Come away with me. Cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, we want an open heaven. But can I tell you, an open heaven isn't going to take place just by a group of us praying. An open heaven is going to take place when every single person in this place begins to get serious for God. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to challenge you. I love Jesus. Jesus did not come and go, oh, let me see how many followers I can get. In fact, Jesus would often offend the crowd so that he could see who was serious. And I believe that there's something in the Spirit that's calling to us today. And he's saying, it's time to repent. It's time to repent of going through the motions. It's time to repent of lukewarmness. It's time to repent of apathy. For he is a jealous God. And he wants you. He wants you to give him everything in worship. He wants you to give him everything on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. He, he, he wants this to be your everything. He wants to be the very air you breathe. That is real Christianity. And if your experience of Christianity is just a Sunday morning, then you do not have an experience of Christianity. That was a good place for at least someone to amen me. He wants to be your Lord. And if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now. Holy Spirit, come. I love you, Holy Spirit. You're my best friend. I love you. I love you. There's no one like you. Lord, I pray that You'd help us here to cultivate a relationship with you. That you wouldn't just be a power or a force or an it, but that you'd be a friend to every person in this room. Help us to walk through our week alongside you, Holy Spirit. Help us not to grieve you. God, I pray right now for anything we do that grieves you, that we'd get rid of it right now in these moments. Make this be an atmosphere where you are welcome. We enthrone you in our praises, Holy Spirit. We, we, we choose to create an environment where you can dwell. Let this be a healthy environment where the Holy Spirit moves amongst us. Let this be a praying environment where you can come. Let this be a, an atmosphere of love where you will dwell in our midst as we lift you up in praise and worship. Let this be a place where your eyes would land upon. 
and that you show yourself strong on our behalf. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. We ask for an open heaven. Let the heavens open over our lives, Lord. Fill us with your Spirit. We want you, Holy Spirit. We want to know you. We want revival. Revive us. Awaken us. Bring us back to our first love. Father, I pray where anyone's bored. Father, I pray right now that that you show them the adventure of walking with you, Holy Spirit. Stir up our zeal for you again. Father, I release supernatural hunger over every life right now. Let them fall in love with you again. Let them fall in love. Fall in love with you, Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. More, fill this house. Let your wind blow in this place right now, Holy Ghost. Baptize every person that doesn't speak in tongues. Let them speak in tongues right now in Jesus' name. More of you, open heaven over our lives right now. Get the sin out, Jesus. Jesus, 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 I have no problem making you uncomfy, sorry. Holy Ghost, do what you need to do in our hearts right now. Do what you need to do, pierce our hearts. Bring us to repentance. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Father, wash us, cleanse us, purify us, God. Cleanse our eyes, cleanse our minds, Jesus. Cleanse our actions. Where we've grieved you, God, wash us today. All sexual sin, let it be gone in Jesus' name. All arrogance and pride, we put it down in Jesus' name. Backbiting, backstabbing. Cleanse our tongues, Jesus. Kudabe Shambaha Mosete Kelrabaye. Masende Bebende Romondo Tilamende He. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We're gonna do this and we're gonna worship. You say, Pastor, I need to repent today. I'm not asking whether you need to get saved. I'm asking if you say, I need to repent. There's been attitudes in my heart, attitudes in my mind. The eyes of the Lord are in this place. And you just say, yeah, there's sin in my life and I need to get it out. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand. You say, yeah, I, I've got to deal with some business. I want you to pray for me. If that's you, I'm, you say, I'm before the Lord, I'm going to acknowledge my sin. Then stand. I want you to stand with me. Thank you. You say, yeah, I want to be clean. I want to be pure. Maybe it's sins of omission. Not just things you've done, but things you haven't done. You say, wash me, Holy Spirit. Father, we're asking for fresh starts in this place right now. Wash us, Holy Spirit. Wash us, Holy Spirit. Just say, Jesus, forgive me. That's all you need to pray. Jesus, forgive me. Says that he will. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let him do heart surgery just for a moment. Kuda bahala masia bahala masutu kuda maha. Kuda mahala masia bahala masia mahala masu kuda baye. Kuda bahala masia mahala masia maha. Kuda bahala maha. You need to be born again. 
give me a wave if that's you. You say, I need to be forgiven. I need Jesus to come into my life. I want to be born again. Is there anyone? Jesus, 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 thank you. Yeah, let's sing, guys. old-fashioned pretty lock and I really felt for somebody you know like you're praying God why why am I stuck in this place why am I not progressing why am I not maturing you know you're still um, searching and you're still um, confused as why God's not answering your prayers and it comes down to a couple of things one is is repentance you know if you don't repent and it, it holds you back it can stop it can block from God doing what he wants to do next in your lives. And I really feel that for somebody here is that, you know, they, they go, why, why God? Why am I not getting breakthrough? Why am I not seeing things come to pass? All the prophecies you've had over your lives not coming to pass. And it may be because one little thing, that the, there's something that you need to shift, something that you need to repent about, something that you need breakthrough in, but the breakthrough's gonna come in the repentance and I really feel that it's significant with this lock. As soon as you repent, God's going to give you the key, put it in the lock, and it's going to unlock everything. And I really feel, just get on your knees. God wants us on our knees, on our faces, before him, and going, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for blocking what you want to do in my life. I'm sorry for that thing that I've been doing that I know is probably not of you. It, it will stop you from hearing the word of God. And so I just want to encourage you, just get, just get on your knees and just go, God, do have your way. Do what you want to do. Don't be scared of heart surgery. Who knows, if you have heart surgery, it's a good thing. God's going to mend it. Amen? Oh 